Hey folks, it's us, podcasting wonderkins John Bishop and Lucas Southworth. Although this is a podcast about cars, it is not age-appropriate for the target demographic of these films, as we usually end up talking about the reproductive organs of Lightning McQueen. Alright, now let's take a look under the hood. Welcome to the Kachat, the only podcast brave enough to ask the question, hey, what's up with cars? But this time it's planes. I'm John Bishop. And I'm Lucas Southworth. That's right. We we did watch planes again. That's what we did for this one. And it was um, still not good. Yeah. Yeah. Like I may have built up how bad it was a little bit in my head, which I sort of figured I did. Like, I don't know. It's a movie, but it's not good. It's worth it. I still maintain it's the worst of all five of them for sure. It's very mm. bad, and I wish we didn't watch it. But also, I don't because I understand that I don't know if anyone should have to watch it. It's the two of us, you know, mm-hmm. just the two of us. We can make it if we try. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I'm gonna present my thesis for my the following opinions and reviews that I may or may not give and my thesis is this movie as a lot of movies like this is generally a true statement unfortunately but this movie really exemplifies uh the ideal of this was written by very successful people yeah who don't understand that success is not i tried hard until i won yeah i wanted to go further and say this movie was written by uh, successful uh, straight white men. But (laughs) even if that's possibly true, like I think focusing on the thing that irked me the most is how obvious it is that this is just successful people. And by successful, I do not mean people who tried until they succeeded. I mean people who, by some means, have achieved what many would regard as success. Whether it be someone handed them a bunch of money or they were born with money, I'm not saying necessarily, but definitely has that vibe. Yeah, and I gotta imagine it was written also, I'll add another thing, by folks who aren't from a rural area or a farming community, because there's a lot of that specifically, which they don't get right neither. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that I mean, it's the same problem we've always had with it. They do this whole thing. We're it's we're in the episode now. We're, mm-hmm. We'll talk about specific wacky things we notice that have implications on the cars first. But we got to do this because you know we don't like planes. Yeah. They tell this whole story about a crop duster who makes it, who despite his limitation makes it. And that's the story they want to tell. But the story they tell is of a crop duster that changes absolutely everything about himself, who is in no way still has any part of his original identity intact, who literally was just given a bunch of equipment that made him physically faster 
And oh yeah, and th- then he won the race. Also, that he still shouldn't have been able to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exemplified so strongly by the scene in which the faster plane goes faster, and yep. he can't keep up, and then he just hard works it up until he pushes past his fear, and then does the thing that the other faster plane should have already been doing. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's <laughs> I, I I again, I will always say like with this and with the failures that we discussed with Cars 3's plot, I can sort of respect the plot they were going for, but they just sort of missed the mark a lot. <laughs> and same with my problems with Planes Fire and Rescue that we will almost certainly discuss in 5 episodes. <sighs> <sighs> okay. Yeah. So, yeah. he is a crop duster who is bad at crop dusting, not because he's not trying, but because he doesn't care about it, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, the idea is follow your passion because that is what you will be good at. And, uh, sure, that's a nice message, and there's a point at which uh, Dottie says something along the lines of, uh, if if you had listened to me, I would never forgive myself because she tells him not to race because it's dangerous to his body. And uh, here's a real dangerous message that this film pushes a lot. Yeah. You do not need to change everything about yourself through surgery or other means to achieve your dreams. Because that is extremely unhealthy. And if it were true, then your dreams are probably unhealthy. And, like, I don't, I don't know... There's going to be exceptions to every rule, but I think that a movie that is pushing the agenda of if you want to race, you got to think like a racer and thinking like a racer in this movie almost explicitly is chop off your crop duster, get surgery to look different because your performance will be enhanced through alterations that other people have to perform on you. And that was regarded as a very good thing that happened in the movie. Yeah, like the way they treat his sprayer, as they call it, it it sets up so much of like an easy story beat of, no, he wants to keep it because it's a part of him. It's part of his identity. Mm -hmm. And like they set it up like that right until they don't, right until our buddy Franz slash von fleebleblobble just comes and says hey you should chop that thing off man is like (laughs) "Eh, yeah sure whatever i don't need this thing yep and i get that it's hard to do the message the right way because it's planes instead of people but if we're going for his dream is to be an athlete essentially it's a race and this is another thing i want to harp on is the translation cannot work uh if you think of it as a person, this is a person removing something from your body surgically because plain. In the real world, the good healthy analog is if you want to be a really fast sprinter and you've got like 10 extra pounds or you've got like a lot of hair and a very like, I don't know, drag heavy haircut hairstyle or anything... You might want to wear a cap to reduce drag or 
lose those 10 pounds through diet and exercise so that you won't have as much weight to carry and you can push yourself faster. But the two things he does to get faster earlier on is he has surgery twice. He has his engine by someone else. He has the torque increased on it. He doesn't work hard for that. He has surgery. Again, he does not work hard to become faster. Someone surgically alters him to make him faster. And then the chopping off that part of him, it's even worse because the reason he has, I'm guessing like liposuction in this case, is he only does it because a person is a fan of him. He does it for the fans. He does it for fame. Yeah, and they they do to their limited credit also show him training but that is not to increase his speed that's to increase his skill Mm -hmm. and i i get it you're absolutely right that the issue is their planes Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like that's a that's a limiting thing that they have to work with but like because they're planes they can't really just have him like push his mechanics and make them better and stronger through exercise but like then that sends such a weird message of like ah he's just oh don't worry now he just made his engine better so now he's faster and the other time i want to mention that it really can't translate because uh people to planes doesn't work in the final race or the final bit of the race his his good old friend the extremely old veteran comes to save the day this man if he's a human i want you to imagine this as they're running a race uh like a multi-stage race with a bunch of different types of racing and this is like the final stretch of it and uh two humans are just running on a track and then all of a sudden a 70 plus year old man a a veteran who has not walked for 50 plus years just runs onto the track because Three racers are now, three human racers are beating you up. This 70 plus year old man runs onto the track and no one cares because there's no cameras there because of course. And uh, this old man starts punching these youngins who are punching you. And then this man who again has not walked in 50 plus years is doing a good job beating up the youngsters And then he gets distracted because he's talking to you, his protege. And then the world famous racer just runs up behind him and shanks him in the leg. And and then everything just goes on. Uh, Two of the humans have been tripped up and are now like hurt and can't continue the race. Uh, Your friend, the old, old veteran, has been stabbed in the leg. And you and the guy who just stabbed someone are just going to run to finish that race. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... And, like, again, to give them the tiniest bit of credit, we are the one assigning human traits to it, but I got to imagine everyone who watches the movie does that. Like, it's called personification for a reason. It's making things into a person... Mm -hmm. So, like, that's just people's default, you know? And it really drives home, yeah, being a vehicle in this world, it's not a physical thing in the Planes movies. It's just not, because if it were a body-physical thing, that man would not be able to run. 
Maybe yeah. he could get up because he's got PTSD that prevents him from walking. Maybe he'd be able to get up. Maybe he'd be able to walk. But sprinting to catch up to three of the world's fastest planes yeah. and then fist fight them. What? Yeah. <laughs> and it really drives home the whole, this is a 50 plus year old man, conservative man, telling the story. Because it's extremely pro-veteran, uh, which if you have served the country, I'm not saying anyone should be against you. I'm saying good for you. I'm proud of you. I don't know how to say it. I I respect you and all that. But there's this strange, everyone should want to be this man. Yeah. And not everyone is suited for that. And making Dusty Crophopper a farmer who becomes a racer into an honorary member of the Jolly Wrenchers, I would say seems a bit disrespectful to the actual people who serve. And the reason they did it is because of a veteran who, I don't know how to put this delicately, but maybe accidentally was stealing valor. No, yeah, yeah. Um, also, my issues with this movie's tone would be summed up with like, I'm fine with it being pro-veteran, but man, it's pretty pro-military too. And like yeah. that's that's where I get a little dicey with it. That's that's what was tripping me up because like pro-veteran, good. Yes. Pro-military, not good. Yeah. And I'm not saying I'm anti-military, but I'm very anti the way America approaches military. Yes, and the way that the American military, and specifically the CIA, often pays movies to be very pro-military. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's like, as a person from Kentucky, I'll tell you, I've always had to very much distinguish, like, hey... I am very much pro coal miner, very much anti coal, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that's a distinction I've had to make my entire life, but it's very similar to the one I feel that we have to make with this one. <laughs> yep. I, I went to the Southern lights and then I hear the announcement. Uh, the Southern lights are sponsored by friends of coal. Friend, friends of coal has pissed me off for longer than I can remember. <laughs> And I was just getting this like irritated voice in my head, like, oh, come on, I'm not a friend of Cole. And then uh, someone behind me, uh, a guy I'm guessing has a lot of similarities to me, eventually like just comes up with, uh, it's, it's a non-renewable resource that's killing the environment. We need to get rid of it anyway. And I was just like, I mean, no one needed to say it, but I'm glad you did. Yeah. Uh, just and the way the coal industry treats the people who work in the coal industry is terrible all right but yeah so this movie is (laughs) let's let's go for it is pro-military in a very unhealthy way yeah and it's pro if you try hard you will succeed in an again an extremely unhealthy very conservative way and i used to be that sort of conservative i used to think that if you worked hard no matter who you were, where you were in life, what you did, as long as you were working hard, you would succeed. And then I learned about uh, wealth disparity yeah. and the, I well, the, the very uh, hard to hear about because no one wants to acknowledge that it's real in Kentucky when you're growing up. Racism and sexism actively prevent you from succeeding in a lot of ways. And it's ridiculous seeing this movie and knowing that the story is a hey 
it's a I don't know much about these athletes, but uh, a Jesse Owens, a Jackie Robinson. That is who Dusty Crophopper is. And he's voiced by a successful old white man who famously dates like barely not a teenager girls at the age of 50. It's gross. Yeah. Dane Cook's wild. Hey, maybe, maybe that's because he's seeking someone to match his level of maturity. Yeah. Maybe that was a rude dig for me to say, but also they're barely not kids. You're creepy. Yeah. Dane Cook is no good. Uh, Last thing I'll say, and then we should probably talk about wacky car stuff, but just to echo John's point, the phrase, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, is literally, it used to mean something that is impossible to do. You physically cannot pull yourself up from your bootstraps because they are attached to you. It's not something that's possible. If Uh, If you want some context, pull yourself up by your feet. Yeah, like you grab get, your feet and get up, like go up your whole body by by pulling. Yeah, that's the 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 serious advice that this movie is giving you, because anytime he wants to succeed and he doesn't, it's someone else's fault. Mm-hmm. And through just trying harder, he succeeds. And if you look at the movie. The reason he succeeds is because everyone in front of him isn't trying hard enough. Yeah, but I'm sure we're going to spend the whole episode coming back to our problems with this movie. But let's talk about some wacky stuff, John. Like, and why do the Jets wear helmets? (laughs) Uniform. I mean, I guess. Yep. Uniform. Yeah, they're a bunch of jets. They wear little flight helmets. I gotta imagine not many of you watched planes, which I respect that decision. But there are a bunch of jets. and I, Only some of them wear flight helmets. Some of mm-hmm. them don't. And it... Uh, wait, shoot. Skipper? Skipper doesn't. And then just some of the jets on, like, the Fliesenhauer don't wear them. Well, you don't like, need your helmet when you're not flying. Okay, but I don't know. It just... There's, they have windshields, you okay. know. And, and why did the guy who made the call to uh, save Dusty's life have on aviators? Yeah, and just the biggest phone I've ever seen. If we're thinking of the same guy, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. They uh, okay. Let's we. It's not the podcast does not say wacky cars things. It's explain wacky cars things. So they have the helmet because uniform yep the uniform you you did it john it's your flight uniform you have to wear your proper ppe yeah okay i don't know what it would do to a jet if it crashed uh how it would help but hey maybe it does maybe they got safety tech i don't i've never even dreamed of it's one of those helmets that is actually a bunch of airbags stuffed into a helmet Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it'll save them cool my next big thing, and this will come back to us critiquing the movie, but it's my next note. Dottie lists a big list of mechanical failures that will happen, that will happen if Dusty pushes himself too hard and goes too fast. So. Yeah, but you just got to work hard. 
Why didn't they happen? They did. They did? Yeah. He fell into the ocean. He fell into the ocean because he ran into the wave because he wouldn't take the sage advice of just fly higher, you little idiot. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't his fault. He was distressed because uh, the old man lied to him. I mean... I'm and I know what you're doing. I, I understand the joke and the reason you're telling it. But again, a mechanic said, "Hey, your wings will break off if you do this, and your engine will explode." Mm-hmm. And I guess we could point to to planes, fire, and rescue. Maybe. We can point to both movies. His body could not handle a lot of the extremes. Uh, he had to have uh, the crop duster chopped off he eventually had his wings just entirely replaced uh he had a lot of outer work redone like his entire design was altered significantly and sure it was due to a crash and not due to wear but he was not built for it and then he was rebuilt for it and even still his internals couldn't handle it he blew a gasket very early on in the movie. And then in the next movie, he suffers the consequences of his heart giving out because he's not built for it. He suffers a lot of consequences. And one of the things is he doesn't have an internal antenna that is actually good for this whole thing. And that is why it was easy for him to be knocked to the side. And then he was going to die because he was just out in the ocean because again, he was not built for it. And then through the gift of a bunch of money's worth of parts, since he was a hard worker and a good guy, everything worked out for him. Because that's how things work for, for, uh, for wealthy, Dusty, at least. wealthy white people. Wealthy yeah. white men. It's what they're used to, I suppose. And they keep, like, they keep harping on, oh, well, he's a crop duster, he's a crop duster. Okay, yeah, but also, he's got so much support. So much support. Yeah, they keep coming back to, like, uh, the announcers would keep saying, like, and he's the first ever crop duster to compete in this, and he's the first crop duster to win the whole thing. Uh, Spoiler alert, he does win the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know, that felt weird to me, just because of the massive variety of different types of planes uh, that there are in the world. Like, it it felt like it should be he's the first like non racing plane, <laughs> as opposed to specifically crop duster. I don't know. It's not a big point, but it, it just felt like needlessly specific. And like there, he was probably also the first non racing plane to do it. And this is frustrating because this movie it keeps calling him the crop duster because he's supposed to be I'm a minority. But nothing about the situation is actual to what that would have represented. There is a racist, but that racist is a, he's just a rich dude with a knife on his face, I guess. And two lackeys who are also really good at racing and just are his lackeys for no reason. Yeah, like, I don't know. It just feels like we often talk about how the wings around the world race is just nonsensical. Because it is. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to follow and doesn't make a lick of sense. Dusty was seemingly like, I don't know, an hour behind the other competitors at the beginning in the first leg. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and I don't know if any of those planes would have had enough fuel to make that leg of the race, the first one. But even if they did, it would have had to have been at the correct altitude, which he did not do. Yeah, he just blatantly broke the laws of physics by working hard. He pulled himself up by his bootstraps in ways that are not possible. It it just seems like that it should have been over from that first leg, you know? Mm-hmm. Like he did a horrible, horrible job. So however the race is structured should mean like, oh, you got here like an hour or so after everyone else. Then you start an hour or so after everyone else on the other legs. And like, that's really significant time to make up. Like he shouldn't be able to just no, make it up. Just, like he's got to work hard. No, and I understand. Again, just, that's our hard. whole thing with Dusty Cropoffer is if if he can believe he can do it, he can do it, and that's why he's the second most powerful character in the Carsverse. Spoiler for our episode that we did about that. <laughs> oh, but like also he was an hour behind, and then was just all of a sudden in the right place at the right time to save Bulldog's life. Yeah. And then yeah, he did, like, and it still didn't hurt his racing time because all he had to do was try hard because all of the other planes were, I guess, just taking it easy. I guess. Like, I don't know. It just... it. And I... Uh, listen, I am a big proponent of like, hey, just because you don't like a movie doesn't mean it's bad, especially with kids' movies because like... It wasn't made for John and I, you know, it was made for children. And Mm -hmm. I bet a lot of kids really liked this movie and that's great. But like, man, I know it's a children's movie about talking planes, but it just, it should have some internal logic to it, right? Like a little. See, my problems, like, yeah, the logic is bad, but my problems with this are the same as the problems I had when I was trying to explain to my coworker why I was frustrated that I started using a website that is designed to teach you about forging. I was using the forging university on it and I was complaining for a little bit. I took a test after I reviewed material and the tests, some of the answers I gave were right. And it marked them as wrong because another part of the answer might have also been true or a different answer it was true, or in a case or two, they were just wrong. They got the answer wrong, and I had to input the wrong answer to get it right. And I was just frustrated with this system, and I was complaining about it. And the coworker's like, well, then it's, it's just not for you. I'm like, what do you mean? That's speci- It's specifically for people who are trying to learn. If it's wrong, that means it's bad. And sure, you can just say, well, then don't use it. But this is a problem. This is an educational tool that is wrong and requires you to be wrong to get it right. And that is the opposite of what it should be doing. And an educational tool that teaches you incorrectly is not neutral. It's actively bad. It is worse than nothing. And this is a kid's movie that teaches you that all you have to do is try and you will succeed at whatever it is you're trying at as long as it's your dream because that is true sometimes yeah but it is not always true and it is important to know that you need to figure out a way to be happy 
whether or not it's the thing you thought you were meant to do. Like, I'd say my big issue with it is like, it's a message that's possible to do right. Like, there are so many movies that do it and do it right. But like, my thing is like, it's not even that Dusty tries harder than anyone else. It's just that he wants it more than anyone else. He doesn't really seem to try harder than anyone else to me, you know? And like, it it is important to like say, hey, sometimes hard work doesn't pay off. Like, that's the one redeeming thing about the Monsters University movie is it has an incredibly mature message of like, hey, Mike works harder than anyone else to be a scare, but he just can't do it. Uh, it's just, it he physically can't do it, and sometimes you have to change and adapt. But, like, this one is even worse than movies that are like, hey, working hard will get you there. It's just like, hey, if you want it, you'll get it. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, it doesn't show, it doesn't spend a lot of its runtime showing Dusty training and working and caring and, like, learning about the sport more than anyone else. He was using an Air Racing for Dummies book at the beginning of it. He just and then he graduated to having a person who was in the Navy te- teach him how to race, despite that person never having been a racer. Yeah, like, again, th- there's a way to do, like, hey, work hard and maybe you'll get it movies. This isn't that. He doesn't work that hard. He just gets it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're right. There are movies that, well, there is a way to do this right. And the movie that does is Soul. It's a yeah. movie in which a man works hard and achieves his goal or dream and it still teaches you the healthy way to approach and to think about everything because he realizes that the way he was approaching it by just trying hard until he succeeded and putting everything else at the wayside was extremely unhealthy for him. He learned that even succeeding wasn't what he thought it would be. And he, in the end, achieves his dream, his goal, and he learns that it's not your purpose. It, your, your spark is not this ethereal what you're meant to do. It's about doing what you love and doing it the healthy and right way. You can create music. You can be a racer. And sometimes it's not going to look like what you think it is. And sometimes it's going to become something completely different from that, but still involve it. Like he learned that he loves music and that doesn't mean he has to perform it. It just means he has to create music and to help create music and to help others experience it. It was all about wanting something and going after it, achieving it, but it did everything in a healthy way by showing you that unhealthy behaviors are unhealthy. And what does Dusty do? He does extremely unhealthy things constantly until he wins. Yeah, I I, I agree. This is not... It, it doesn't have a good message. It just doesn't. But they do have a show about the 10 worst air crashes of all time, which does seem just incredibly grotesque. So you want to talk about that? Lucas, that's a real thing. I know, but like, it seems like, like it's, it was played in the way of like, 
The Sports Center, not top 10. Up oh, looks like this guy ran into another one and fumbled the ball. When, like, usually these, like, worst crashes are at least treated with a bit more gravity, you know? It like, really depends. Uh, I know. Basically, in our world, in our human world, the rule is it's funny so long as no one died. Sometimes yeah. it's better and it's uh it's funny as long as no one got hurt but yeah. for an unfortunate amount of the time it's funny as long as no one died and that applies to any given thing no matter the danger it would seem there's i forget what the show is called but the there's a robin big one of them i'm guessing uh rob is the host of it ridiculousness i don't know Sure. But they've got an entire segment that's just let's watch people suffer and laugh at them. Tosh.0. Oh. Yeah. The whole premise behind one of their bigger segments is, oh, yeah, we're going to give you a chance to do it again, but better. And the whole time we're going to be laughing about how bad it was the first time. And there's just straight up a look at how crazy these crashes is. Like, that's a thing that's on a lot of shows. That's a thing that might even be its own show. It, we just laugh so long as we have the like TV promise of, yeah, no one died. Because if someone died, black and white photo, still image, uh, serious soundtrack, and it's just you play the same footage. Yeah, I guess you're right. It just felt weird, especially in a kid's movie. And especially when it's like, as we always say, it's their bodies. So watching them crash is like watching a person like, not just like get hit in the balls on America's Funniest Home Videos, but like break all the bones in their body and like you see the bones poking out and stuff. And like it it felt weird. I agree with you, though, that it's a bit too present in our world, though. Yep. Some people are real into shouting food, which yeah. I it makes me real uncomfortable. Do you do you have a wacky cars thing or did you just come in with like, I just want to bash on this stupid movie that we both hate? <laughs> So they were checking out uh, uh, flu tube on their they sky were. pad, bro. They were. Don't Which worry, I mean... though. When he smashed it, they're going to come out with another one soon because this movie was written by wealthy people who don't value other people's items. That's true. How do you think they operate it if not with their wheels that immediately smash them, though? Uh, cheap and easy answer. They're psychic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> The easy answer. Like, you're right. I have though. talked many times about how uh, one of their hands, the answer must be that they're psychic. Um, yeah. Other than that, I guess maybe eye tracking and voice commands. Like, uh, yeah, with, that could work. What is it? Uh, okay. With like VR, if you have like a phone, put it in a simple like $10 thing that's a VR setup. You sometimes for controls, you just look in a certain direction for a period of time and it will accept that as like a button click. So it's probably just like some sort of facial recognition or eye tracking. Yeah. John, what was the point of him going by strut jet stream for like 10 minutes of the movie? And then it just wasn't a thing and it wasn't important. Uh, was it so, just a joke? So big, so big dumb friend can be big dumb friend. Yeah. Okay. I guess it just so, wasn't so funny. Trope can and like, be met. This movie is not about being funny. It's about meeting a checklist of tropes. Yeah, like we talk about a lot about like how the message doesn't work. Also, this is a deeply unfunny movie. And again, I bet there are some kids who loved it. 
and I'm not going to take that away from him. But man, as an adult man watching this movie, I maybe laughed twice. Maybe. Now me, I'm willing to take that from those kids because, uh, hey kids, do not enjoy this movie because if if you get the wrong ideas about how to live and how success works, it's going to mess you up down the road. Uh, this movie's not yeah. funny and it objectifies everyone and That's it true. really does not have healthy values or really anything. Yeah, the the boy the boy planes keep looking at the girl planes butts, I guess, in this one, which we talked yep. about the first time, I remember. Mm-hmm. But it made me just as uncomfortable this time. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, there's a forklift, a British forklift, and he has a teacup and a tea bag. That was that was one of the things I'm so warped by these stupid movies. That was probably one of the things that made me laugh. Just that the forklift had a teacup and a tea bag that he was dipping in it. I was like, "Ah, that's silly. He's going to break that. He's, he's too mechanical and fast for that piece of porcelain. Uh, I don't think the warping comes from these movies. I think the warping comes from talking about these movies for well over a hundred hours. No, that that's a better way to put it. How'd they get John Cleese to do this, John? How'd they get co-founder of uh, Monty, Monty Python, Python to be Bulldog in this movie? Who Liz watched this one on and off with me was her favorite character. So I'll give him that. He's probably mine too. He's kind of fun. I don't know. No, Dottie's well, my favorite. It has yeah. come to my attention that John Cleese is, well, not precisely the conservative ideal. More so than I would have figured. He Ah oh, man, is, for real? Yeah. He's real anti-cancel culture. He's real uh just work hard and you will succeed. Because I, a, a very successful white man, have have done it. Okay, well, I haven't looked at that, but I believe you. So, yeah, it's good that John Cleese is in this bad movie. All those planes <clears throat> taken off at the same time at the beginning seems wildly dangerous. Yep, 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 yep. I... That, again, there's no, there's no, like, so what does that mean about the cars first? It means that. It means it I mean, seems that's really true dangerous. for NASCAR too. Like I'm just thinking, yeah, okay, there's yeah. this is just a bunch of really heavy metal, and with planes they're so delicate. Even if they're not delicate, delicate, they're still delicate. Uh, and it's just a scary idea thinking, oh, they're all that close. Yeah, if I were racing planes, I'd have them start like a mile apart on the same line and just have them go the same distance. Yeah, everything's scary in this world. Like that. Uh, was it radial G where he nearly clips his opponent that he's racing? I'm just like, no, yeah, you just put both of your lives in danger for a race. Don't do that. Like they, they, they showed how you should do a plane race. If you wanted to do that for some reason at, in the qualifiers, like it should be a time trial. Mm -hmm. Like they should all go separately but no. And the obstacles should not be mountains. They should be inflatables that tear easily so they don't destroy the plane. Which I gotta imagine, like, they took that from real, like, plane agility courses and stuff. Like, that seemed, like, real enough that they did some research. That mm-hmm. part. But the wings around the world, again, it's just absolutely nonsense. It's, it's nonsensical. <laughs> yep. And the idea that a crop duster and a indoor racing plane that those two 
could compete with vehicles designed for this sort of race. I mean, I support the idea of don't let people put you in a box, but there's something to be said about if you're making a movie about something that is mechanical, specs are specs. Like, then don't make the movie about planes. Make it about people flying planes. Don't make the movie Cars about cars. Make it about people racing cars. They didn't need to be planes. They didn't need to be cars. They just were because yeah. toys and gimmick. Yeah. Do you have something you want me to just keep tearing into this one? It was really upsetting watching this movie. Yes. And having little moments oh. where it was like, oh, you can tell that this movie is technically crafted. Like, they don't have super long, awkward pauses. They don't have really awkward, like, transitions. They don't have, like, just, oh, this was clearly an amateur. This was a professionally made bad movie. Yeah, and I'll say, like, I feel like I noticed a little bit of an animation dip. Like, not a huge one. But like it, I watched it and I was like, this doesn't necessarily seem Pixar quality. And that's because it's made by Disney Toon Studios, a studio that no longer exists. But then the second one, notable improvement in quality. No, yeah. Even I'll... though it was made at pretty much the same time. <laughs> yeah, it was made almost immediately after the first one, which is wild. I'm pretty sure they were made in tandem. Oh, really? But okay. one was just, they had another year to finish it. Mm. John, Okay. I feel like we could spend some time on this one. Old Yeller exists, and it is definitely about a dog. And they still did kill the dog. Yeah, they still killed the dog in Cars slash Plane, Old Yeller. And better or worse, it was a recent sort of movie or something. Because, let's face it, spoiler alert does not apply to a movie that is well over 20 years old. I think they're probably just stupid. So they said spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, and if you're wondering, they do make sure you know that there is one stupid twin because of course they're going to make you know that. Oh yeah, there's always a stupid twin. But you a lot of the time and we don't have a ton of evidence of just animals in the cars verse. Like you got the tractors and you got Frank, the combine guy, and like a few others, you know. Mm-hmm. No, most of the time when they refer to them, they they don't call the tractors cows. You know, they call mm-hmm. them tractors. Yep. Which makes me think: Is Old Yeller the dog just like a dog? Maybe, but there's also a chance that there's a small vehicle that is referred to as a dog. Yeah, for sure. Because we do, and I know every time we talk about dogs, we bring up Mia and Tia and Rescue Squad Mater. Mm-hmm. But it's imprinted on our minds, maybe even our retinas. Uh, and every time I close my eyes, I see this. Yeah, I sure. I should go to the doctor about that. It's probably like <laughs> a medical thing, you know. <laughs> but... Yeah, and it is probably because when I watched that, uh, the screen that I was watching it on did explode. Oh yeah, right yeah. at that scene. <laughs> you know, I, for me, I just paused it and st- just. Y- have you ever seen uh, Clockwork Orange? Ah. Uh, I have not, but I know exactly what you're talking about. The I've weird seen that thing, part of it. Yeah, the weird things that hold his eyes open. I, I went ahead and applied those and just stared at him because it felt like what I should do after watching that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. <laughs> I the, should know that this sort of horrible thing exists. 
I can't forget. I have to be able to identify it on site. But yes, in Rescue Squad Mater, Mia and Tia are Dalmatians, and they just look like Mia and Tia, but with a Dalmatian paint job. Mm-hmm. So, like, I guess, I guess that dogs could just be cars that have a general like dog paint job and they're probably smaller maybe me and tia were giant dogs <laughs> who could say so maybe this i don't this you may want to cut this later sure. uh maybe dogs are just in the cars universe furries whose dreams came true oh, that's nice the the reason you may want to get rid of that is uh that does mean that it's a the dog in old yeller was also that Oh, that's no good. Yep. I think we can keep it because we're sad that the the furry died. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this will, I don't know, we're talking about it. Do furries want to be dogs or do they want to be furries who are people dressed like dogs? John, I'm sure you know. <laughs> uh, for me, it's a bit of both. Okay, sure. Thank you. Now, for me, I mean how I'm defining it. Okay. Not okay. Uh, in my furry journey. I don't know. If any of you are or know a furry, let us know. <laughs> okay. I already asked how do they operate the iPad. I don't know. I stopped taking as many notes towards the end because I was mad that I was watching planes. Uh, <laughs> do we want to talk about how easily they could have killed each other in that little fight they had at the end? Like it, um... it's It's no different than Chick Hicks doing it. I guess. It's very different. They're planes and they're in the air and going much faster and much more fragile. Yep. So, uh, yeah. We could talk about that. Or we could talk about the fact that he straight up admitted that the reason his specific propeller is called what it is is because it's good at cutting people. Yeah, what was it called again? Do you Sky Slicer. Sky Slicer, yeah. Maybe it's, oh, it's so sharp it can cut the sky, but he shanked a man with his face knives and then immediately said, that's why they called them sky slicers, because they're good at cutting veterans. <laughs> that's that specifically. Uh, <laughs> can we just yeah, I, you know, focus on how so many of these movies have this idea that a villain has to be just so blatantly evil you can't half-ass villainy even even the guy who was just a dick uh good old-fashioned jackson storm he couldn't just be a dick at the end he had to assault and try to maybe maim or kill a fellow racer because bad guys have to be evil they can't just be your opposition i mean i do agree with that but like it wasn't just them who could have killed Dusty and Skipper. Oh, like the maneuver... so many times people could have died. Dusty nearly killed himself and another racer. Yeah. Like, like the he they got improbably lodged in a small cavern, a small crevice, when what should have happened is they their parts would scatter across the cavern walls. Like uh, they weren't that, that close and perfectly sized, and best case, they lose like their landing gear. And like Dusty didn't know; he didn't know they would get wedged there. Like 
that's what felt so weird to me about that one is not our antagonists going full well i guess we gotta kill them as although that did feel a little weird what it was more skipper shouting out to dusty basically instructions on how to kill him he it felt very much it felt very much kill them dusty kill them for (laughs) me do this for me your skipper no no. what they do is they their whole logic is put them in a position to where they will technically be responsible for their own death uh dusty's advice use the rocks was hey get them to be in a maneuverable situation where your agility will save your life and their lack of maneuverability will end their life. And then it's their fault that they're dead. Yeah, I don't know. It felt... I, I agree with you that the the villains going full villains is a bit eye-rolly at this point, but I, I was more taken by our protagonists going full villains <laughs> at the end. Well... Say what you will about this movie, but it is probably the only movie I can think of where it is a movie specifically for children. And there is a scene where you watch a dozen people get shot to death and explode and catch on fire. And a man has to deal with his PTSD for half a century. Yeah. It's hard not to talk about that scene, even though we've talked quite a bit about it. Those are it's... blatantly guns, and those people get shot to death. And, and it's... it's a lot of people, and you see them get shot to death. It's the same thing I was saying about how the crashes are worse because the planes are their bodies. Mm-hmm. Like, there are lots of scenes, and I remember talking about this in the first episode we did about this, so I will go quickly but like there are lots of scenes in movies where faceless people in planes tragically are shot down but we don't see them you know like that's why the stormtroopers wear the stormtrooper helmets so we don't feel bad when han and Chewie shoot a hundred of them and kill a hundred people like the fact that they put the face on the plane and like hey this is a guy and his wing which is part of his body just got shot off and he is going to plunge to his death in the cold pacific ocean like feels just and i know it's not new to say it just feels so tonally wild to include in this movie why'd they do it john why did they do it okay why did they do it (laughs) because no one told them hey maybe uh we do don't do this what if we didn't do this instead but what if, in, instead yeah. of that, we make children watch men and women be shot to death, and then those who survive burn to death or drowned? And like, I don't know. We don't have anything new to say about it, and I know that. It's just, you just gotta know that in the movie Planes, there is a, I don't know, minute or two long flashback to World War II where a bunch of living planes get shot to death. Honestly, that is the part I would I wouldn't recommend watching this whole movie because even in terms of like Cars vs. Lore, it's not that good besides this scene. If you want Cars vs. Lore, just Google Planes World War II scene and just watch that. Yeah. The plane wears lipstick, the the French Canadian one. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, as with, you know, the foreign racer women of this film, she is very sexualized. And as such, she has to be a, a creature designed to be chased and or to chase. And she does both. She sure does. And I remember Liz said what I sure I was thinking, but I guess I didn't think on the surface because uh, I was like, eh, it's just a bad movie. El Chup was was chasing her the whole movie. And she was like, I am not having this. You suck. And I don't like you. Uh, and he tried serenading her to like very quickly uh, with a radio. Mm-hmm. And then Dusty said, no, no, no. You need a mariachi band, which a real quick diversion to this. Our episode on the forklifts did make me realize that he did find a mariachi band in Shanghai, China, which mm-hmm. A plus stuff. Good. Uh, Got to require a lot of effort. Yep. But then he keeps singing that he's a love machine. And then Rochelle is like, oh, now I'm in love with you. And mm-hmm. Liz out loud said next to me, what changed? Why does she like him now? Why is this working? This wouldn't work. And I was like, you know, yeah, <laughs> this is dumb. You're right. Um, it's because low and slow. I guess. <laughs> Uh, Because here's one thing. I will defend the movie for one decision. One thing that did change is the second one sounded a lot better. I will admit that he, when he slowed down, it sounded better. Mm -hmm. But But... other than that, it was, he was harassing her by uh, doing loud, noticeable music. And then he did different loud, noticeable music. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, I will say as an addendum to my statement earlier about the only notable cars lore, there's more. Specifically, I don't know if this will get you what you need, but try Plains Hinduism scene. Yeah. <laughs> that That's something. They introduced that Why'd and they go into- a little bit later, they do have a uh, what's it? Carpet pool moment where they're like oh, maybe Dusty's in the afterlife about to be reincarnated. Yeah, that was weird. That was it, it's very sudden. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. It's very the weird the movie's weird and bad, and I don't like it. I don't like this movie. But I will hey, if we go another hundred episodes, we'll watch it again. And <laughs> they really promise. they really want you to think of uh shoot, Ashani? They really want you to think Ishani, of her as yeah. a, the bad guy. But she tells a competitor about a different way to go that was in fact a shortcut, but would require him to do the thing he would have had to do anyway, which was go over the Himalayas. That's it. She told him about a shortcut that was a shortcut, and the only thing is she made it seem like he wouldn't have to go high, which he would have had to do anyway. The only like, reason his life was at risk was because he did a stupid, dangerous thing rather than face his fear. So she helped him in a way he did not appreciate, and he reacted poorly, and she's the bad guy. Yes, the deception was bad. 
but it's not evil. It's poor sportsmanship. Yeah, and I understand that this is this logical line of thinking is not at all how phobias work. But the thing he did was so much scarier than a plane flying eye. And again, I understand if you've got a phobia, it doesn't matter. Logic is not how that works. But flying through a tight train tunnel with a train coming at you, it's so much more dangerous and scary. And also, I'll say, again, on Ishani's side, he also didn't, like, research it or look it up. Like, oh, he's just a southern he, boy. He doesn't do that. Yeah, like, he didn't do southern any preparation. Southern boys are just dumb idiots who trust any and everything they hear from a pretty lady. That's how that works. Like, look, at, look at a map. Why would we do know. that? Like, like he didn't have to take the advice. Is another big boy. He, he didn't have to do it yet. Or he, and he didn't have to just trust it blindly. Like, again, she purposely deceived him and was, like, bribed to do so. I, it's not good, but like, I don't know. It was blown real out of proportion. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she then gave up an extremely expensive propeller, she could have just given him her old one. It still would have been a yeah. nice thing. It would have been nice, but like, you, you should feel bad for having deceived him. You should not feel bad that he reacted by doing something absolutely ludicrously insane. I don't know. You got any more gas in the tank on this one, John? A nitromethane gas? Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about the steroids, but cars? Uh, I would, but also, why is, why is he, why is he so into planes? Jug? Yeah. This I guess is, when you... This feels really weird, but it seems like if we're going with the uh, Dusty Crop Opera is supposed to represent a minority in the situation... It seems like he's just the white friend who's super into the fact that his friend is black. Yeah, I could see that. I guess also, just to his credit, when you grow up in a place named Prop Wash Junction that is literally on a mountain and or hill shaped like a plane, I get it. It could happen. <sighs> this movie sucks. I'm calling it. it. Yeah, time of so death bad. right now. Uh, <laughs> time of death when we watched the movie. Yeah, final thoughts. I will say I think I built it up just a little bit worse than it was, but it not very much. It's it's bad, and I don't like it as my least favorite of the five. But we'll see if that's true in five episodes when we watch Planes, Fire, and Rescue, another one that I do not care for very much at all. And for me, it was uh, this is technically a decent quality movie that is morally apprehensible. Yeah. Oh, you know, I'll I'll even say like again, purely technically made, sure, but like storytelling, writing, humor, like oh, all that, the non-technical parts fail too. <laughs> the uh, the creative uh, technical, not so much. The like they yeah. did their job and they did like a uh, I don't know a technically good job, sh- sure. Yeah, but okay, yeah. Hire a better creative team that isn't a bunch of, uh, I'm sure like, no, I'm not sure. It's not, this is not going to happen. But if I were to like, look it up and find out that actually not a single, uh, successful white man wrote this, that would be shocking to me, but yeah, it could be possible. It could be. 
And if you are like fuming mad right now, if you're like, I love planes and these two don't get it. I would honestly love to hear why. If you have passionate thoughts about the movie Planes, I would like to hear them. Even if you're also like us and you're like, man, you guys got hit the nail on the head is bad. If you're passionate about any of these movies. Yes. Or if you just if you just want to say hi, you can also do that. And we like that. We like it when you do that. Even if you don't have anything to say or give us content that we can steal and use for our podcast. You can do that uh, to our email, which is thekachat at gmail.com, or you can send it to our Twitter. Uh, you can tweet at us, DM us, or you just give us a quick follow. Uh, and that is, our Twitter handle is at uh, thekachat. And I didn't thank you for listening. How ungrateful of me. Especially when, admittedly, this one is us being a couple sour pusses about a movie you've probably never seen for about an hour. <laughs> So definitely yeah. thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, and also thank you for listening to any and all episodes. We really do appreciate y'all. Hope we didn't bring down the holidays for you. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know off the top of my head when this one's coming out uh, because we're pre-recording these. <laughs> so anyway, John's going to say his part now. Remember to like, comment, subscribe, tell anyone and everyone you can about this kooky, quirky, strange little podcast. Uh, rate and review because those could actually help us out. And until next time, remember to float like a Cadillac. And sting like a beamer.